Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Buenos dias. Good morning. And greetings to our live stream and podcast fam. We miss you. Hope to have you back in the house soon. It is my turn to share God's word with you today, and I'm excited about it because it's been about a month since it's been my turn to preach, so uh, yeah, definitely uh, buckle up. All right. As usual, uh, I'd, like, I'd like to invite you to follow along the message outline today. You can find that outline in your Bible app, or you can grab a printed outline from the back. We're continuing our year-long theme, Christology. Come on, somebody. Jesus says, I am the All right. Let's get it on the screen and we'll do it all together. Ready? Jesus said, I am the Very good. Yo soy el alfa y la omega, el principio y el fin, Apocalipsis 1.8. And because Jesus is the beginning and the end, as we read through the Bible together this year, by the way, every year we read through the Bible together, but this year we are very specifically, as we read together, we are finding Jesus from cover to cover. A leer la Biblia este año estamos... Why? Because Jesus is the Word, right? Jesus Christ is the living Word of God. He's the ology. He's the reason. He's the reason why. That's why we're taking a year to look at Christology. Because the reason for the whole Bible, the purpose of the Bible, is to discover and to know Jesus Christ, right? I have a question for you. Have you ever made a decision that totally changed the direction of your life? Or at least changed it a little bit? Can you think of some of those decisions? A decision or an action, something you decided to do that because of that, you went in a new direction. And today you could look back at that and say, oh, when I did that, it moved me this way. Anybody thinking of one of those Decisions or behaviors, <laughs> ideas. I think for myself, back when I was 16 years old, I decided to go with my youth group on my first ever mission trip to Mexico. And that totally changed the direction of my life. I ended up becoming a missionary and living in Mexico for about eight years. And the rest is history. I've been a missionary ever since. Maybe the decision that changed the direction of your life forever is the person that you decided to marry. Or maybe it's a relationship that uh, you decided to end, right? And that changed the direction. I know, you know, when I decided to marry Liz, that didn't really change the direction of my life because we were going in the same direction. But boy, did it positively enhance my life to marry Liz. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I want you to think some, some decisions changed the direction of our life in a way that we're happy about. Some decisions may have changed the direction of your life in a way that you might, might regret a little bit. Maybe, again, it's a relationship. Maybe it's a breakup. Maybe it's moving to a new city. Anybody ever moved to a new city? I have more than once, and that definitely changes the direction 
of your life, right? Uh, how about uh, the career you chose, the major you chose at college, right? How about this one? That moment you decided to get your first credit card. <laughs> that can change your life. <laughs> <laughs> if you look back on this decision that maybe you're thinking of or maybe you're thinking of more than one are you happy you made that decision are you glad about the direction it began to move you in or do you regret the direction it sent you on it's probably a mix of of all of that in here today right i just want to tell you about a decision i am so thankful that jesus made I am so thankful for the decision Jesus made when he was tempted in the wilderness. Because we're going to be looking at this. The decision he made in the wilderness when he was tempted by the devil changed everything for us. Okay? Come on, somebody say, thank you, Jesus. More on that in, in just a minute. I've been taking you since January, February, right, through kind of Christology in order of the Old Testament. We've, in fact, gone from Genesis all the way through Judges and Ruth. The last time I shared the word, we talked about Ruth and the grace of God that we, we see, how we see Jesus through the story of Ruth and Boaz, right? And, and, and we've gone from Genesis all the way to there, and there have been other uh, great messages from our preaching and teaching team. How many of you are thankful for the teaching team at Encounter Church? So thankful we have such great teachers here. And, you know, the, the last thing I got to was Ruth. And uh, maybe you know, what is the next um, part of history after Judges and Ruth? Anybody know what we get into after the Judges? The kings and the prophets, right? So there's this whole big long season of history that is all about the kings and the prophets that were um, in Israel. And so what I want to do, if it's okay with you, is we're going to pause that sequence for just a few weeks. And then early fall, we're going to come right back there and we're going to learn about the kings and the prophets. Is that all right? Because what I want to do today is go all the way back to the beginning. We're going to go back a little bit to Genesis, or at least the ideas that we learn in Genesis. And it's actually back to the beginning of history and the beginning of Christology. And this is going to help set us up for what we're going to be learning a lot more about the rest of the year. Is that okay? All right. Can I set the stage for you? In Genesis, in the beginning, when God created us. God created of all his creation only one being in his very own image and likeness, right? And what did he call us? Got any humans in the house? All right. What differentiates us humans from the cats and the dogs, the fish, the birds, and the mosquitoes. Is as wonderful as most of those are. <laughs> they are not created in God's image and likeness. But I want you to point to somebody and say, but you are. 
Come on, I want you to repeat after me. I am made in God's image. Imago Dei. Image of God. And being made in the image of God, God gave us humans. Now, actually, what do we call the first man and woman? What do we call them? Do you know what Adam means? Human. <laughs> Adam means human, okay? And human means, ready? Image bearer. So when God created humans, male and female, he created in his image and likeness, Adam, meaning human, means image bearer. God's image bearer. Come on, somebody say, I'm an image bearer. And he gave us, because we're created in his image, one thing he didn't also, he didn't give to anyone else. That is that God gave us, his image bearers, his representatives in all creation, his authority. Come on, say authority. In fact, God told humans to govern all creation, multiply, right? To rule over creation, but, but something happened. What happened? Sin, through sin, Adam gave his authority away. Say, God gave Adam his authority over creation, but Adam gave his authority to Satan. When he, when Adam, instead of obeying God, listened to Satan and obeyed Satan, he gave his authority away to Satan. And now we know, read the rest of, of, of the Bible, Satan is called the God of this world. Why? Because he is, because we gave him the authority. So Jesus came being called, anybody know? The second Adam. I'll give you a scripture on that in a minute. But Jesus, also known as the second or the last Adam, or another version of Adam, right? Jesus being the perfect image bearer who did not give his authority away came specifically to recover the authority that we gave away to Satan. Now, I know that's a lot, okay? I'm gonna try to break it down for you here and then we're gonna take a few weeks to really, uh, really, really look into this. But just in summary... All right? God gave his authority to humans. Humans gave our authority away to 
the devil, and Jesus came to recover and restore our God-given authority. And that, my friends, is what Jesus' temptation in the wilderness was all about. It was all about recovering the authority that we had given away. Okay? Are we ready for this? I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to come back to that in about 10 minutes because I want to talk to you about the three T's. Come on, say T, T, T. Tell your neighbor, there's three T's. What are they? Okay, we'll come back to it in a few minutes. First, let's read the passage of Jesus' temptation in the wilderness. And this is in Matthew chapter 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit. This was God's plan, by the way. Into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came to him and said, if you are the son of God. Now, let me pause real quick and give you a little bit of translation help. How many of us know the Bible? The New Testament's in Greek, right? Right? It actually doesn't say if you are. Anybody know what it says? Look at me. The devil had no doubt Jesus was the son of God. It wasn't if, as in maybe not, maybe, maybe not. Literally, this phrase says, since you are the son of God, because you are, okay? Since you're the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Jesus told him, nah. Scriptures say, people don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, since you're the son of God, Jump off. For the scriptures say he'll order his angels to protect you and they'll hold you up with their hands and so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. And Jesus responded, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I'll give it all to you, he said. If you'll kneel down and worship me. Now, let me pause on that one. Was this a valid offer? Yes. Some people read this and go, it's like, I mean, Jesus is God. The devil couldn't give Jesus. The, the, no. Remember, we've given his, our authority to him over the world. And so what the devil was offering him was a valid offer. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll give you, I'll let you rule the world if you'll just worship me. Basically, if you'll pull an atom. <laughs> Come on. If you'll just do the atom, I'll give you all of this. Jesus said, get out of here. Because <laughs> this is the deal. Jesus was going to be enthroned as king over all the world. But it wasn't going to be through giving up his authority. It was going to be by retaining his authority. By holding on to it. He was going to become the king of kings and lord of lords. The name above all names. By laying his life down. <laughs> giving his life on the cross. And then taking his life back through the resurrection, right? That's how he was going to get what the devil was trying to, to give him. But Jesus knew that the only way was by holding on to the authority that he had and not giving it away. So he said, get out of here. 
The scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away. (laughs) And angels came and took care of Jesus. Come on, somebody. What are the three T's? Anybody know? Come on, say test, trial, temptation. Test, trial, temptation. Are you ready? Jesus passed the test. He endured the trial and he overcame the temptation. He kicked the three T's in the teeth. All because... This is so important. He was ready for it. He was ready. He was ready to face the enemy, to overcome the temptation, to endure the trial, to pass the test. And he was ready all because of his relationship with the Father, his relationship with the Word of God. And we know that he had just been filled with the spirit of God his relationship with the father his relationship with the word and his relationship with the spirit he was ready how many of us are glad today that Jesus didn't give his authority away because now as the Messiah as remember he's the word of God who took on flesh So Jesus, as a human, not as God, we know Jesus is God, but in this case, in the wilderness, he was acting as a man. And as a man, as God in the flesh, as a human, he did not give his authority away to the devil. And that changes everything for us. In fact, He didn't only give it away, not not give it away. He recovered the authority that we had given away. The authority God had originally given to humans made in his image. All right, bear with me for just a bit. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 15, 45. This is gonna help us kind of get more of a handle on this. Are we ready? The scriptures tell us the first man, Adam, became a living person. But the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. What comes first is the natural body, then the spiritual body comes later. Ready? Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth. While Christ, the second man, came from heaven. Adam, God's original image bearer. Christ, the new version of God's image bearer. The second man. We know that he didn't come from the dust of the earth, but he came from heaven. He came from the Father into the world. Earthly people are like the earthly man, Adam, and heavenly people are like the heavenly man, Jesus, right? That's what happens when you get born again, by the way. You become something totally new. And just as we are now like the earthly man, we will someday be like the heavenly man in the perfect 
image of God with his authority. The first Adam failed. The first Adam failed the test. And ever since then, what's happened to humans? Fail, 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 right? We've all failed the test. Every single one of us have given our authority away to the devil through sin. So, the second man, the last Adam, came to our rescue. There was no way we could recover the authority God had given us because we were the perpetrators. The devil, look at me, the devil did not steal our authority. We gave it to him. And we give it to him through sin. Because anyone who sins, anyone who practices sin, the word says we become slaves to sin. We surrender, we give up our authority to be in charge and we allow the devil to be in charge. That's why the world is the way it is. Come on, look at me, it's not God's fault. This is not the way God made things to be. And the devil didn't just do it on his own. We gave him the right. And we continue to give him the right. We continue to give him the authority to do all that he does because we give him our authority through sin. But thank you, Jesus, when he was tempted by the devil, when he went through that test, when he went through that trial, he passed the test, he endured the trial, and he did not give in to the temptation, and he didn't give his authority away. And when he did, he recovered God-given authority for all of us. The last Adam, Jesus, the second man, the second Adam, is the perfect human, the perfect image bearer, the way God made us to be in his image. Now, this is very important. If Jesus had failed the three T's, if Jesus had not passed the test, had not endured the trial, had given in to the temptation, his mission would have been invalidated. The cross would have been invalidated. Why? Because the one thing that made Jesus' sacrifice on the cross valid to redeem us all, to forgive us all, thank you, Jesus, aren't you glad it's valid, was the fact that he did it with full authority. Remember what he said. Maybe you've read it. Maybe you haven't. But just before he went to the cross, he said, here comes the prince of the power of darkness, but he ain't got nothing in me. I still have my full authority. 
and no one takes my life from me, I give it away. I lay it down. If he would have given his authority away to the devil through temptation, that would have become impossible. But because he did not, because he overcame the devil, he was able to go to the cross and not only pay the price for our sins as the perfect image bearer, but also take his life back up, rising from the dead, forever winning the authority as the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. And now he rules and he reigns. The Bible says he humbled himself, not only to come as a human, not only to come in the flesh, but he humbled himself to death, not only death, but a criminal's death, crucifixion. Therefore, the father, God has now exalted him to the highest place of honor that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven, on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Absolute authority, Lord. He's the Lord. And he's the Lord because he's absolute authority. And he has absolute authority. And that authority has been restored to us because as a human, he never gave it away. Hallelujah. Isn't it great? Now our authority can be restored. I'm so glad Jesus didn't pull an Adam. Now, again, I know that's a big topic and it's going to take about a month to just hash it all out. All right. But for today, can I prepare you? Can I prepare this plane to begin our initial descent? <laughs> okay, it's not the final. final we're not, not going to land just yet, but we're getting ready to, to come down. All right. Please fasten your seatbelts as we prepare for our initial descent. Unpopular opinion. Anybody ready for an unpopular opinion? It's more like an uninformed opinion. You know, I've heard it said so many times that the way that we respond to a test or to a trial or the way we respond to a temptation shows us where we're going, right? And there's... There's some truth to that. I mean, in reality, the way we respond to tests and trials and, tem and, uh, and temptations will determine where we're going. But even more than showing where we go we're going, the way you and I respond to a test, the way we endure a trial, and what we do when we're tempted, more than showing where we're going, it actually shows more where we've been. It shows more where we've been than where we're going. And Jesus passed the test. He endured the trial and overcame the temptation all because of his hidden relationship with God as his father. His private interaction with the word of God. His secret relationship with the Holy Spirit. Did you hear that? Hidden, private, secret. He was ready for what was going to happen in public and be recorded for us to read. 
because of what was, had happened in private and in secret that's never recorded, that we don't even know about. Uh, um, Liz introduced me to a book that uh, I read and it was amazing because this word has been building in me and, and I read this book and it's like, wow, that, that speaks a lot into it. So I want to I wanna recommend it. The book's called Anonymous, okay? If you have, I know that a lot of the ladies have read Anonymous and some of us have read Anonymous, but the author, if you want to jot it down, is Alicia Britt Scholle, C-H-O-L-E, Alicia Britt Scholle. The name of the book is Anonymous and this is how she says it, okay? This is how this this book says it. It's a question. What have we done with the word of God in our hidden seasons? Not what have we done with the word of God in public? That's important. <laughs> But what have you and I done with God's word in the moments and the seasons where nobody knows about it? And maybe they'll never know about it. The only thing that the world will see is what it prepares us for in public. What have you and I done in our anonymous times when nobody knows about us? When nobody sees, when nobody hears, when it's not recorded, when it's now everything's on video, right? We, again, I encourage you to read the book, but just, just a little, a little bit more from that. And really just from history, we know about Jesus' birth, right? Yes? yes. Merry Christmas. <laughs> it actually happened in spring, but that's okay. We celebrate in December. Merry Christmas. All right. We know about Jesus' birth, right? Yes? yes. We know about all that. We, we know about the virgin birth. We know about the shepherds and the, you know, the three wise men. And we know about being persecuted and them having to go to Egypt for a little while and then coming back. And we know that he settles and, and, and as, a, as a young child in, 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 born in Bethlehem, raised in Nazareth. Very good. And we don't know much after that until he's 12. And there's like one little thing. You guys, anybody remember reading that part where they can't find Jesus? <laughs> Read it in the kids, uh, in the kids Bible says Jesus got, uh, Jesus got lost, <laughs> right? They can't find him. They're at a celebration. They can't find him. They're on their way home. They can't find him. They go back and they look for him and he's in the, where is he? He's in the temple and what is he doing? It's, it's he's just in the word. I mean, he, he already knows enough to teach the word. I mean, think about that. 12, he already knows enough to teach the adults the word. Did you hear that? <laughs> And then, silence. Nothing until he's 30. <laughs> Somebody just turned 30. All right. <laughs> Everyone, Caleb, just turned 30. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, until he's 30. That's like two whole decades of Jesus' life. And then we see the next three years and that's it. 
the gospel three years. We don't know much about Jesus from toddler to adolescent. And we basically know nothing about Jesus from 12 to 30. But what we do know, are you ready? Is that when he was 30 and he went into the wilderness and was tested by the devil, boy was ready. He was ready. So whatever he was doing, hidden, private, secret, anonymous, whatever he was doing in his relationship with the father, whatever his interaction was with the word of God, now filled with the spirit of God, whatever he had done that we don't really know a lot about, it got him ready. He was ready. And how many of us are thankful he was ready? And because he was ready, he recovered the authority that we'd given away. (sighs) Where have you been? See, Jesus was ready because he'd prepared himself in private. Jesus was ready for the three T's in the wilderness because of where he had been. Where have you and I been? Where have we been? For a moment, forget where you're going. I mean, don't forget it forever, but just for a second. (laughs) Where have you been? What have you and I been doing in our private Secret, anonymous seasons with the Lord that will determine how we respond to every test, every trial, and every temptation. Look at me. If you get ready for temptation, when temptation is right in front of you, you won't be ready. Anybody ever been there? I have. If you wait to decide what you're going to do until the temptation is in front of you, it's, yeah, it's not going to work. We've got to be ready, and ready happens in private. Ready happens in secret. Ready happens when no one's looking. Jesus was ready. Are you ready? Whew, we can be. We can be. Tests, trials, and temptations reveal what's already there. Tests, trials, and temptations reveal what's already there. You can't get it in the moment. Tests, trials, and temptations. And yes, we're going to talk next Sunday about test. Then we're going to talk about trials. And finally, we're going to talk about temptations because they're a little bit different. Okay? But tests, trials, and temptations reveal where we've been lately. (laughs) They reveal where we've been sometimes long-term when nobody knew and nobody saw. It's all about our hidden relationship with God that prepares us. What does the Bible say in John 1? That the word, Jesus, the word became flesh. Listen. Tests, trials, and temptations are all about us fleshing out the word in our life. Not just having it in us, but fleshing it out, living it, right? Actually living the word. It's all about the word becoming flesh through us. Now we're going to get, we'll, we'll get more into that in the coming weeks, okay? But this is, this is almost done. Through the three T's, 
The enemy's goal is for us to sin. Just that simple. The devil's goals through the three T's is for us to, but our hidden relationship with God prepares us to win. Very good. Come on, let's do that again. The devil's goal through the three T's is to get us to, but our hidden relationship with God prepares us to win. That's right. Come on, tell somebody you can win. Turn to somebody else and say, si puedes vencer. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to start bringing the plane down, all right? We're going to take a closer look in the next few weeks on testing, trials, and temptations. But just a quick look at where we're going, all right? Ready? Now, really fasten your seatbelt, final approach, and there's some big, puffy, cumulus clouds in the area, so the plane's going to shake and rock a little bit as we come in for a landing, all right? Are we ready? Doom! Uh, flight attendants, take your seats. First, first one is a test, all right? What, is the, what, what does a test do? A test shows what you know, right? The point of a test is to show what you know. And by the way, what you don't know, <laughs> right? Y'all remember school? You took a test, it shows what you know. And it also definitely shows what you don't know. And the point of testing in life is to show what we know, but in more than that, to show what we're going to do with what we know. Okay? What's the goal of a test? To pass it, right? A test shows what we know, and the goal is to pass it, all right? To see if we'll correctly use what we know. All right, that's a test. The second one is a trial. Another word for trial is tribulation, okay? But I like trial because tribulation sounds sad. But trial, a trial, the purpose of a trial is to show what you can endure. To show what you can endure. A test is to show what you know. A trial is to show what you can endure, how much you can take. Because a trial is when you're doing everything you know to do, but it's just not working. Anybody ever been there? Like I'm doing the right things, but it's not working. <laughs> a trial, we, we, we could say, is a season of persistent tests. Being tested again and again and again, all in the same month or year. Okay? The, the, the goal of a trial is to what? Endure it. <laughs> Don't give up. Don't give in. Endure it. Get to the other side of it. Listen to me. Some of you need to hear this. Trials end. Seasons of tribulation come to an end. They're not forever. Somebody needed to know that. Endure it. Come on, punch your neighbor and say, endure it. Suck it up. Not saying it's easy. Sometimes... Times of trials and tribulations will make us feel like we, uh, we just, we've come to the end of ourselves, which is actually kind of the point. You end up finding out where you need to get your strength from to endure. All right. Amen. Final temptation. The te a temptation shows what you crave. A test shows what you know. A trial shows what you can endure. And a temptation shows what you crave. It's all about our appetites, right? Will I find satisfaction in God or in my flesh? The goal of a temptation is always to overcome it. 
We want to pass the test. We want to endure the trial. We want to overcome the temptation and find our satisfaction in God and not in the flesh. Now, we're going to come back to all of this and break it all down the next few Sundays. So how many of you are going to come the next few Sundays? All right. How many of you want to learn (laughs) to pass your tests, to endure your trials, to overcome your temptations? Come on, tell somebody one more time. You can. Now, I want to ask just for the next minute or two if we could avoid getting up and down, going in and out. I want you to hear this. Somebody needs to hear this, okay? Our authority has been stripped because of sin. Your authority has been stripped because of sin. And before we can ever have our authority restored back to us and win the battle over Satan, sin has to be removed. And this is the great thing about Jesus. When he went to the cross, he didn't just spill his blood and lay down his life to forgive our sins. The Bible says, behold the Lamb of God who takes away our sins. When you put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ to save you, yes, he forgives you, but he takes your sin and he removes it. And when sin is removed, authority can be restored. Is there anybody here in the house or listening to this today? You need to have your sins removed so you can recover the authority that you gave away to the devil. Have your sins been washed away? Have you repented? Have you turned away from sin and turned your heart to God and surrendered your life, believing in Christ, making him the Lord. He's the Lord. He's the Lord. He's the highest authority. And the way you get your authority back is by making him the Lord of your life. Come on, I'm just gonna make it simple. I'm not gonna ask you to bow your heads or close your eyes or anything. Just looking up here. Does anybody need today, whether it's the first time or you've been backslidden and you need to come back. Does anybody need today to make a decision to surrender your life to Jesus Christ as Lord? Is, is that anybody? Would you just wave at me if that's you? Everybody in the house giving your life to Jesus? Good. Very good. If not, if you didn't want to raise your hand, that's fine. All I want to tell you is this. If you want to live a life of victory, give your life to Christ. He'll give you your authority back. Now I'm going to go with the next one because I know that this is quite a few. All right? Again, let's avoid distractions because some of you really need this today. Are you ready? Some of us have been peddling our authority away through tolerating sinful habits in our life. I'm not talking about you're tempted and you gave in here. No, no. Some of us, people of God, born again, sons and daughters, we've been giving our authority away to the enemy. And we wonder, why am I struggling so much? But it's because of tolerating sinful habits. And the answer 
is repentance. Listen, you don't need the devil cast out of you. I mean, maybe somebody does. Sometimes we need it, right? But most of the time we're struggling because we've given our authority away by tolerating sinful habits in our life. And today the Lord wants to restore your authority. And the way he wants to restore your authority is through repentance. It's through recognizing, yep, I've been given the devil. The Bible says we can give him a toehold. And I don't know if you've experienced it, but if you give him a toe, he'll take the rest. We give him a toehold, a foothold by tolerating sin. And then we find ourselves trapped. We find ourselves struggling. We, we, can't, we can't seem to serve God the way we know we, we should. But it's because we've been given our authority away. Today, the Lord wants to bring freedom to his people and it's through repentance. So I'm just gonna say this. Even as I'm saying it, I'm inviting you to just begin to stand to your feet. If you want to receive the gift of repentance today, if today you're saying, yes, I'm gonna turn away from this stuff. I'm making a decision in my heart to turn away. Rather, it's a terrible habit. Rather, it's unforgiveness or or an addiction you've been tolerating. Stuff you've been looking at, stuff you've been reading, listening to, gossip, tolerating some sort of sexual impurity, even if it's not in the body. For some, it's just in the mind and then the eyes. If today you're saying, I, I've had enough, enough is enough, I'm taking my authority back. I'm taking my authority back through repentance. comes I want to ask if some of you really really need to get some freedom and I don't know if this is I'm just having a word of knowledge or whatever I just hear these thoughts in some of your minds you know but it's not that big a deal and this too a lot of the times people don't even know about this. It's, it's not that big a deal. It's not even a big enough deal to, to make a big deal out of it. But you're struggling and you don't have to. And because you're saying it's not that big of a deal, you're being robbed of big authority. The Bible says we ought to strip ourselves of every weight, anything that holds us down or holds us back. Today is a day to strip it off, to lay it down. Just begin to come to the altar. 
and lay it down in repentance. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.